Get psyched with friends, ladies, and amateur crushers, Morgan and Cynthia. Join us as we share personal stories from our climbing lives. Our proudest achievements. Our epic failures. And most of all, our borderline obsessive love of the sport. Welcome Welcome to to Crag Crag Confessions. Confessions. Episode 6, episode of the week. Today we're talking about our weaknesses in climbing. Cynthia and I both reflected on three of our own weaknesses in climbing. Whether mental or physical. And we also reflected on one strength of the other person because it's a little bit easier to admire other people's strengths than to (laughs) (laughs) elaborate on one's own. Yeah, we don't want to sound big headed or anything. (laughs) We created this podcast just to talk about how awesome we are. (laughs) No, no one needs to know that, Morgan. (laughs) Yeah, and it turns out that our perceived weaknesses are actually very similar. We overlapped when we chose three. Two of them are basically the same, right? <laughs> right, yeah. But I thought that this could be fun to like reflect on our weaknesses because we can think about what we can do or what we are doing to overcome them or to use these as opportunities for growth. Totally. So my first weakness was finger strength. And mine was crimp strength. So basically the same. (laughs) And I think that I thought of this one because last winter, when I first started doing a hangboard regimen, I found that I had so much room to grow, which meant that I was probably pretty weak. (laughs) And I think for my experience level, I'm on the low end in terms of the percent of my weight that I can hang if I try to do like weighted hangs. Um, Yeah, last winter, I remember, did you compare your stats against some average data that was on the internet somewhere? Am I misremembering this? No, you're right. Because one of my friends, or I guess I asked him, what are, what should my like hangboard goals be? Like, are there benchmarks that I should be aiming for, you know, in terms of measuring my own progress? Right. Um, And so he sent me some data. I think that like Reddit or something had compiled on the average climber and how long they've been climbing versus what percent of their body weight they can add on when they're doing weighted hangs or. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. And like just comparing myself to those, which I know we're not really supposed to compare ourselves, but <laughs> but looking at the data, I was like, man, I should be stronger, shouldn't I? Yeah. And I did gain a lot of finger strength doing that hangboard routine last winter. But since then, either because I've been on the road and not had consistent access to a hangboard or because I've been injured or lazy or whatever, I haven't had a chance to do much hangboarding since then. So I I feel like I have probably lost some of what I gained last year. Yeah. You told me that after doing that hangboard regimen, you were super close to facing the crowd, right? Which is like total crimp strength. Right. Yeah. This like V7 at Stonefort. You know, I went there sort of like directly after completing the hangboard regimen and I almost sent, I just fell off on the the very last hold. (laughs) So tragic. But like, I felt really solid on these razor sharp, teeny tiny crimps. And then when we went back the following, when were we there? Spring? Yeah. Yeah. We went back the following spring. Yeah. Yeah. And I just had such a hard time on this thing. (laughs) Yeah. So it sounds like there's just so much potential to get Mm -hmm. better at finger strength. Maybe, yeah, yeah, if I if I'm not old, too old. <laughs> oh, pshaw. <laughs> You're 
your spring chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think this is a weakness for me too because it, I kind of thought when I started climbing that this is one of those things that I should be good at. Like I was supposedly better at crimping than the average noob. But I realize now that that's just because the average noob was a guy who wants to burl his way <laughs> through the V2s. And then when he encounters like a slightly smaller hole on a V3, it's like scary. Um, right. But now when I look around me and I think about the people who are good at crimping, I notice that they're all crimping the tiniest shit that I could never have a chance in holding and they're doing it open hand and I have to close crimp. So I'm clearly like <laughs> not good at crimping. <laughs> I mean, I do think that you are pretty good at crimping. Well, I mean, I do think I abuse my fingers and that's probably why I haven't been training finger strength over the past five years. Because for the longest time, I had synovitis in my joints, which is where the big joint in my middle and ring fingers swelled up and became really painful and huge. And I couldn't close my hand or open it all the way. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't really know what makes it swell more or hurt more or less. Right now, they're kind of okay though. So maybe it's a decent time to start training finger strength yeah totally I think I've heard too that if you do strengthen your fingers in the very like controlled and measured way that you can on a hangboard that you are less likely to incur finger injuries as long as you don't do the like overtraining thing <laughs> yeah that's what they always say about hangboarding that it's like right. so controlled and super safe Mm-hmm. And I think it usually is. I've only ever uh, injured myself on a hangboard once, and that was because my skin was way too dry and I ripped my skin open. But that was not the hangboard's fault, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so so what are you going to do about it? Um, well, once my elbow heals, I think I'm going to get back onto the hangboard. Right now, I don't think it makes sense for me to put additional weight on myself to do weighted hangs. But I think it, my elbow is getting better. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I will be able to get back on the hangboard. And I was following Ava Lopez's hangboard regimen where you do four weeks of weighted hangs on a 20 millimeter or so edge. So that's like one pad or so. And then for the following four weeks, you try to decrease the edge upon which you are hanging. Mm -hmm. And uh, I felt like that was a pretty solid plan for me. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Yeah, what about you? Do you have a plan to move forward? What am I doing? Well, first of all, nothing. <laughs> I haven't been focusing on finger strength training um, or hangboarding. I have technically a hangboard at home, but it's got like the hugest holds. It's not like a beast maker where there's a certain depth that every hold is standardized to. Like this is a hangboard from, I don't know, 20 years ago. So it just looks like blobs basically on a wall. <laughs> I, I haven't been very scientific about it, but I think what I am going to do and what I have started to do is to do my pull-ups on the edges of that hangboard rather than on my pull-up bar at home. Oh, don't get me wrong. This edge is huge. It's like maybe 30 millimeters. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how big it is, but it, it's at least not a bar, you know, it's an edge. So right. 
even just not having the fingers wrap all the way around is probably increasing the amount of finger strength I need to recruit in order to do the pull-ups. So Mm -hmm. what I've been trying to do is do like 10 pull-ups on the edges of the hangboard. And maybe just through doing that, I'm hopeful that this will at least cause my body to focus a little bit more on my fingers and make them a little bit stronger. That's awesome. That sounds at least, you know, like something better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've never really followed a hangboard regimen. Bad props to you, Cynthia, for doing that. But (laughs) (laughs) I think I need to start modestly. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I had never done it prior to last winter either. I think it was only because I had this big trip planned with Jamie, whom at the time I didn't know very well. I had only met him once before, but I knew that I wanted to impress him or at least like be able to keep up, you know? Oh my God, there's no motivation like wanting to impress a guy. <laughs> That's so true. It's it, it feels a little sad to say it like that, but I do think that that was what <laughs> was informing my motivation. Yeah, yeah. If you have a guy to impress, girl, I, I, I know you're, you're going to try hard. you got to hustle yeah <laughs> and you know it won me a husband so <laughs> thank you beastmaker <laughs> yeah and second of all I am going to be trying more crimpy climbs at the gym I recently moved to GP81 they're kind of known for setting overhung routes their walls are pretty much all overhung it's like a selling point I think I've gotten a little bit better at using their crimps on those overhung routes. So I think it's not structured, but I think that's also going to help me improve my fingers. Definitely. Just exposure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds great. So what's your second weakness? I think especially outdoors, this comes to play a lot, but um, I have a lot of fear of falling. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's my yeah. fear too. <laughs> yeah, and I think it comes up when I'm bouldering, when I'm bouldering something that's kind of tall, or if I feel like the fall zone isn't perfect. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Probably because we both hurt our ankles, as was mentioned on a previous episode while we were falling when bouldering. So I think that that contributes to a lot of me not sending is because I'm afraid of falling. Sorry, do you mean that you're afraid of falling on sport or do you also mean outdoor bouldering too? It's both. Yeah. So I've injured myself bouldering during a fall. So I think that I'm certainly afraid of falling in bouldering, but in sport too, even though you're very likely not going to have a ground fall when you're sport climbing, but I don't know, there's something like mental that I'm not getting or something. <laughs> Or that I I have or don't have compared to other sport climbers. Because as soon as I get above the bolt or if I get even a little bit pumped, I'm just panicking. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, you don't have to tell me. (laughs) Sport climbing is terrifying. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So tell me about how this impacts your climbing. Yeah, my fear is specifically falling from a height. I think this does stem from when I sprained my ankle at the gym because I'm actually not scared of outdoor falling as much as I am of falling indoors. What? Yeah, yeah, I'll explain. So, you know, I sprained my ankle that one time when I was swinging off a roof and I landed somewhat dynamically 
And I think I have PTSD or trauma from that because <sighs> ever since then, whenever I have to make a tenuous move high off the deck in the gym on an overhang, I'm scared that I don't know how I'm going to land and that I'm going to hurt myself again. Oh. Yeah. And because of this, over time, I limited my falling more and more to only the most safe situations. Like I would either climb below my limit and then not have to take an uncontrolled fall from the top and be able mm -hmm. to down climb, or I would climb at my limit, but never go that high. You know, I would just like mess around at the bottom of a climb. I, for the past year, before I switched to JP at CRG, I basically never climbed anything higher than a v4 on the tallest of the bouldering walls there because I wow. didn't want to try hard up high <laughs> I has don't feel the any same better? has it gotten any better I mean now it has because my solution to this is to switch gyms <laughs> <laughs> basically take myself out of that re-traumatizing environment <laughs> where like <laughs> I look at the wall I'm like that's the wall where I sprain my ankle you know basically just don't look at it anymore even though I think it's a placebo effect because the walls are like the same angles at GP and I'm not certain that they're any lower actually. <laughs> but like the main thing is that they're not the same wall that I sprained my ankle at. Right. Yeah. <laughs> location, location, location. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I have actually lunged for stuff at the top of the wall there and fallen down and taken an uncontrolled fall and it's been fine. So I think this is getting me back into the swing of falling from heights again so thank god this has worked <laughs> wow wow yeah it sounds like you could probably benefit a lot from practice falling or yeah. working on that like falling technique yeah yeah I think falling technique is just as important as climbing technique absolutely you can't always help what kind of like fall zone you have at any given boulder especially outside you know so well I think Oh, I don't feel the same fear outdoors because I feel much more in control of things outdoors. I'm like arranging the pads myself, bringing the people or have people around me who I can trust and know how to spot, hopefully. And then I'm also like choosing the particular climb that I want to do. And I feel like so much more comfortable walking away from a climb that I think is too high or has a crappy fall zone mm -hmm. um, than I do indoors where... It's just like you got to accept the conditions as they are. And if you don't, I kind of feel like a wuss. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't wow. feel like a wuss outdoors at all. Huh. I guess I, I do experience a bit of that as well, but I think to a much lesser degree. I think, yeah, I do feel the like sort of social pressure to perform more inside mm -hmm. sometimes because I think you just have all these people around you and, you know, everyone's got the same very cushiony mat to fall on mm -hmm. so what's stopping you from from making the big move or doing the sketchy <laughs> uh the sketchy thing but I think I don't really experience like as much fear inside maybe because I didn't hurt myself inside like you did mm. um, but I just feel like there's never going to be a stump underneath the pad <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, that I don't know about or I forgot about and there's hopefully not going to be any people or like huge chasms to fall into indoors whereas that's just sort of the name of the game when you go outside true yeah yeah what are you doing to deal with this fear 
So outside for sport, especially, I think that fall and catch practice has made a huge difference in my fear level. I noticed, you know, at the beginning of last season versus the end of last season, I felt much more comfortable. I think because Jamie and I had done so much fall practice and so many different scenarios during every single session on the Mm -hmm. wall. And so I trust that he's going to catch me, obviously, like that's like the main thing. But I also trust my body a little bit more now that it will know what to do in whatever kind of falling situation I encounter. I guess like, it's not so much the falling, it's how I'm going to land on the wall when I do make it down there again. Yeah, I mean, that's what hurts you when you right. impact. Right. So I have practiced spotting my fall, you know, as I'm falling, like, where do I think I'm going to land? And when I land there, how am I going to absorb the impact with my feet or whatever, so that I can mitigate any potential injury or like force that I feel. And I think that through practice, I've been able to get some of those skills uh, instinctively mm-hmm. um, ingrained in me. <laughs> So I Mm -hmm. think that's been really, really good. I'm sure that at the beginning of next season, I'll have to start all over again because I'll have lost (laughs) all the head game. But hopefully it'll come back quicker than I had to gain it last year. Do you think part of it is also having the same belay partner? Yeah, absolutely. I noticed that if somebody else is belaying me for whatever reason, I don't feel quite as comfortable trying as hard because I guess I don't have as much trust in the catch You know, Jamie always catches me really softly and is very comforting and encouraging. So I trust him a lot. But if it's a new person, then I don't have that relationship built up yet. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what you're missing (laughs) is a a consistent belay partner. That's probably true. Yeah. Because I have seen you send or at least try really, really hard on sport when you feel good about it. Yeah, I guess I've started to confront this fear of falling on sport by only doing overhung sport climbs. (laughs) So kind of like retreating into a comfort zone is how I'm dealing with it. But but regardless, at least it opens up more sport to me than before. I, I guess I rationalize the fear away by telling myself that the more overhung it is, the safer I will be because I will literally not hit anything. Mm -hmm. when I fall yeah yeah I also feel like for me on sport there's a part of my brain that is constantly being occupied by concerns of falling and when the difficulty of the climb is a little bit easier I can free up more of my brain to think about falling (laughs) but when the route is really hard I only have so much capacity in my brain and so I like naturally don't think about falling as much because I'm concentrating (laughs) so much on just the climb you're just distracted (laughs) yeah 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 that's so funny and maybe you know you were talking about it's like the height, like falling from a height that Mm -hmm. is scary. You know, when I've seen you try really hard at sport, you know, you're bolt to bolting some like mega hard 12A or something. (laughs) And so how high can you possibly be from the last bolt, you know, usually? Yeah. (laughs) I'm multi-pitching basically. (laughs) I mean, I think that's how it starts. And then one day I have hope that you'll get into sport climbing. Yeah, me too. I've definitely turned the corner on it. You've come a long way. Yeah. (laughs) What do you think is your your last 
weakness then? My last weakness is holding core tension through footwork. I mean specifically a certain type of move where your hands are high and your feet are low and you have to hold this hollow body position where Mm. your core is really tight and you have to make sure your feet don't pop off. This is usually on an overhang. I hate these types of moves. I suck at them. And what I usually do is I cut feet, get higher feet closer into my body and rely on my fingers to stay on the wall while I do this repositioning. For the longest time, this worked for me, but I realized that this is a serious weakness of mine because the walls at GP have these types of moves all over the place. (laughs) And I need to get better at holding my feet on the wall and not just like thinking that I can cut and reposition. Um, I see. My footwork is definitely not the best. I mean, I think I over rely on my upper body strength rather than trying to get the most out of feet positions. So I want to work on this weakness. This is also compounded by the fact that I injured my shoulder last August while doing bar core this toes to bar exercise and I haven't been doing any bar core since then. (laughs) So now the problem is at an apex. (laughs) Oh yeah. I bet the cutting feet and repositioning probably takes a lot of energy. It's like not the most efficient way Mm -hmm. to do something. So if you could increase your core strength or tension or maybe your footwork, I'm not sure the best course of action here, but that would probably make your climbing a lot more efficient and you could probably send harder. Yeah, totally. Being able to put weight on a foot while your hands are far above you on the overhang. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a it's a strenuous position for sure, but these are the hard moves on those overhung problems. And I feel like I have to address it and not just ignore it. Yeah. How do you think you want to address it? Actually, thinking about this weakness has made me realize that this is the one weakness where I'm not really doing anything to address it. And I could do something more specific. So thinking about this has made me resolve to work on my core. I'm going to try to incorporate some floor core exercises into my routine. Unicycle abs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I got to hand it to you because you are so good at maintaining a training plan, Cynthia, (laughs) but I am not. So I'm just going to try to like lightly incorporate, you know, like one more core exercise (laughs) (laughs) into my non-climbing day activities and also just keep working on those problems where these moves take place and try not to cut and just try to hold tension in those positions. Yeah. You know, luckily, I think that this kind of core strength that you're referring to is, um, it's like a stability weakness that you have versus like strength absolute weakness so I think that those kinds of core exercises are much easier to find and easier to do than the kinds of exercises that make your abs themselves like super strong and what I mean is that like planking or any kind of plank variation requires those like core stabilizers Mm. you know I think that it will be easy for you to gain strength in the like core stabilizing realm of core Mm -hmm. exercises than it would be if like there was some other weakness that you had in your core okay yeah that makes me hopeful I'm gonna do some like boat poses and like hollow body holds and stuff like that and you're gonna get such good abs 
<laughs> nah, don't don't say that, Cynthia. I, I don't have any muscle definition like anywhere in my body. That's just not how my genes work to have like visible muscles anywhere. It's fine. If I can do the position, that'll be great. Yeah. I don't know. I still have hope for your six pack. <laughs> okay, well at least someone does. <laughs> So what's your last weakness? My last one is uh, it's more of a mental weakness, I think. And I think it has a lot to do with difficulty managing my own expectations. And it manifests in a couple different ways. Sometimes it's like I get really worked up over very small things, such as like traffic on the way to the crag or like not leaving, quote unquote, on time or maybe like forgot something that you needed to have. It's not as bad when I'm just with friends, but especially with Jamie, with whom I can be perhaps my most vulnerable self. Sometimes I let those things get the better of me. And well, I'm just like, well, it's ruined. We don't mm-hmm. have these extra 30 minutes at the crag that I thought we were going to have because we were late. And so now I won't be able to send anything. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I just start like spiraling. And so it can be really hard for me to mentally recover if we got off on the wrong foot in the morning for some reason. Like it's because I have this expectation that like we're going to be at the crag at a certain time. We're going to do these kinds of things or like have this kind of day. And then it doesn't happen or doesn't seem like it's going to happen in the way that I thought it was. And so my brain sometimes has a hard time like figuring that shit out. (laughs) So it has to be like, okay, Cynthia, just because you hit traffic doesn't mean that the whole day is ruined. You're here now. The sun is shining. You just got to get over this. (laughs) Hmm. It's going to be fine. But oftentimes just telling yourself that it's going to be fine is not really enough, at least for me, to change my attitude about a thing. Yeah. Yeah. How have you gotten out of this funk if you have in the past? Well, sometimes I just have to cry. (laughs) Okay. That's like some way to relieve the internal stress, like this like release valve through crying. And then after that, I feel pretty good. Sometimes doing a sort of a self-assessment is helpful. You know, like, is there something else going on that is making me feel worse about the situation than I need to? You know, like, am I hungry? Am I tired? Did somebody say something to me that upset me a week ago that I'm just now dealing with? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Reflecting on those kinds of things can be really helpful for me. Eating a snack, you know, always eating a snack Mm. is is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it also comes up sometimes when I'm projecting or when I'm climbing some kinds of things where like I feel like I should be able to do this. Like, why can't I do this thing? Or like, I I feel like I'm good at this sort of climb or this kind of move. Like, what's not going right this time? Or like, I just did this move 10 minutes ago. Why can't I do it anymore now? Mm. And so managing my expectations even on the wall is sometimes difficult for me. And I think can like sort of make or break my send attempt if I feel like I should be able to do this and then it like doesn't happen for some reason. I'm like, You know, that can be, like, really demoralizing sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I wonder if it would help to climb with more people than just Jamie. I don't know. I mean, when you're with friends with me, I often feel like you're the one that is more flexible with 
you know, expectations. And I, I guess I haven't noticed it that much when we're together. Oh, well, that's a relief. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I, this is certainly a downer kind of attitude. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, I think that you're right that I, the like social aspect of it, of like having other people around me helps me get out of the funk faster or like maybe I'm just like more considerate of other people's experiences than I am of Jamie's sorry <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I think I think you're right that like when there are other people around I tend to have a better time of managing my own expectations and like self-regulating <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think it has gotten better though like it was something that I didn't even realize was happening until Jamie one day was like called it like my pouting phase or something or like said like are, are you done pouting now or no no I didn't he didn't say it like that but like he just mentioned <laughs> that Rude. seemed I know right <laughs> there seemed to be a pattern of behavior <laughs> I was like what are you talking about and then I thought about it like oh I do kind of do this before every trip, don't I? <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so since I've started realizing that this is a thing that I do, it's been easier to manage. But I think it is still one of the things that I actively have to think about. Like, what are my expectations? What are the ways that I can deal with disappointment if it yeah. comes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's gotten better. All right, well, yeah, I- I don't really have much concrete advice to offer on that one. <laughs> it's It sounds like just knowing that it happens is probably half the fight. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I'm glad that you don't feel like it affects the group dynamic when we're together, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Well, Cynthia, you are an amazing climber, so... Oh. Believe in yourself, and as long as you believe in yourself, I know you will succeed. (laughs) Yeah. You know how to roll with the punches and take as good as you're given, and I have complete faith Lemonade out of lemons. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that this is part of what I like so much about climbing is that it has... It has such a potential for myself to like grow and learn. It makes the sport really dynamic and engaging over the long term. Without these opportunities to get better, I think that I'd get bored. You know, since there's always something to work on and something harder to try, I think that's that, that's what keeps me coming back. Yeah. And you are very good at doing those harder things. <laughs> Thanks. I think you are too. Your strength, I think, is that you just, I've mentioned this before, that you, you try hard every time. You give 110% to the wall when you set your mind to it. And I, I just love that you like, you just go for it. <laughs> you know, exemplified by your projecting on City Boy most recently, you just sent me the video that you made. And I think that you should put it up somewhere for all the world to see. It's so <laughs> inspiring. <laughs> You know, I just like I love seeing the documentation of your progress and you just like cursing every time you come off the wall because you're <laughs> you're so into it. And then when you finally do send, it's so gratifying. Like I was smiling ear to ear when you came off and you were like, I did it. Like, yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> Thanks, Cynthia. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think your strength is your ability to follow through on a plan. I mentioned this throughout our conversation today, but you just are able to decide on a training plan and just do it. I remember when you would come to the gym and have 
a laminated card with your <laughs> exercises, all the exercises you had to do on a particular day. And you would like use a marker to check off the exercises. <laughs> like, I mean, that's next level dedication. No, I think that's the pre-kindergarten teacher in me. <laughs> also, you're so social at the gym you're like the most social person ever and everybody wants to talk to you but somehow you are able to like push through those distracting people in the conversation <laughs> and be like I gotta train <laughs> and like every 60 seconds or 30 seconds wherever you're like nope I got something to do you know that's dedication <laughs> hold that thought I gotta do some pull-ups really quick I'll be right back <laughs> yeah well that was that was easy in CRG because the fitness equipment is Right in the center of the gym. <laughs> no, it's not. I found it so hard. I really? basically couldn't train because, yeah, I, I, I wanted to be engaged with people and talk to people. And then I would finish a conversation and be like, wow, that was 15 minutes. <laughs> you know, like I did. I forgot about my training. Huh. I just don't have that same sort of follow through. Hmm. Yet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for saying that. Yeah. You know, I felt like kind of lazy the last couple months. We've made training plans, but something kind of always gets in the way. Like someone gets injured or the sun is finally shining, so we, we can't go to the gym. We have to go outside instead. And I've often felt like, at least in the last like several months, that we haven't been able to stick too much to a training plan. But it's nice to be reminded that I do have the, the capacity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This season, going to do it. <laughs> we love hearing from our listeners so tell us what's your climbing weakness send us a message on spotify in the q a section or an email at the.gals at crackconfessions.com or dm us on insta 